0: Hello and welcome to the Gelsnet podcast, the independent Rangers podcast made by fans for fans and where the content is absolutely free. David Rent, and don't forget the podcast is available to download on a host of platforms, including Acas, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, Castbox, and Stitcher, after the live broadcast. Joining me tonight are the second and third best hosts on Gelsnet. It is Colin and
1: Ross. Good evening, gents.
2: Oh, I got second, Ross. I got second. <laughs> wait,
1: wait, hold on. You say Colin and Ross because that's alphabetical, I eh?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're both just as bad as each other, so it's, it's really not a not a competition. Uh, but it's okay. good to have you both on. It's good to have all the all the hosts on at once as well.
1: Um, how have your weekends? How's your weekend been? North? Uh, weekend's been good. I uh, obviously set up very very nicely. Uh, Friday night um, went and watched some, uh, as we call it down in England, non-league football yesterday. Uh, today, getting all the presents wrapped, getting ready for Christmas. So no, it's been good. I can't complain. What were you calling you? You you have kids. Is this an
0: exciting
2: time of year in your household? It it, it used to be, but they're they're kind of getting a wee bit older now. Uh, you know, my boy's fourteen, and so it's just all about trainers and hair gel and all that kind of stuff. And my daughter's twelve, so you know she's the same. It's it's no it's no Santa anymore. It's Xboxes and expensive pairs of trainers. But oh, uh, well, I had a decent weekend though. Uh, obviously, Friday night was 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 superb. As we'll go on to discuss a kind of relaxing day yesterday, uh, just popping about. And today I went to see the new Star Wars movie, which some of us here were old enough when it first arrived in 1977. I went to see the original when it first arrived. So uh, it was good to be there to see it finishing today because, you know, you get the impression that's it, it's done. When it comes to the Luke Skywalker stuff, that's it, done. So, yeah, it was good to see that again. A couple of there's something in my eye moments during the film. So, yeah, I enjoyed it.
0: Probably in the minority, but I can't think anyone's going to see the new Star Wars film. So we will probably go probably going at the football anyway. <laughs> we well, could just talk to about, avoid any more conversation like that.
2: You could could talk about the fact that you're you're joining the vinyl revolution as well, but no, well, let's and, talk about the football. See, uh, yeah, see? Um, well, you'll get into the Star Wars thing as well. Don't worry, David. Yeah.
0: So anyway, <laughs> well, speaking of uh, speaking of Christmas presents, um, I think Rangers love the perfect. One for the fans on, on Friday night It was a dominant performance. Um, Ryan Kent, Joe Aribo and Jermaine Defoe all scoring in a, in a pretty convincing 3 0 victory at, at Easter Road against Hidros. Um, how satisfying was it to see you know such a dominant performance against a team who have caused the serious issues, especially
1: Easter Road in the past? Uh, any any victory against that lot is, is satisfying. Um I'd be satisfied with a gritty 1-0 uh, against them, particularly at Easter Road. And some of my most satisfying moments as a Rangers fan has been watching us turn over Hibs. Um, and actually, unfortunately, over the last 18 months, that's not happened enough for my liking. Um, but you're right, it was it was dominant. It was dominant up to a point. Um, and I think the red cards slightly changed the game. And and maybe we've been guilty a few times over the, last, over, over the season so far of taking our foot off the gas when the game's dead and, um, and that can be slightly frustrating, but the, it was. We were a cut above. We were. We really were a cut above on Friday night. Um, and I'll, you know, obviously, with with Hibs picking up a new manager in, in Jack Ross, you you expect a a new manager bounce a wee bit. Um, if they always want to to up their game against us and come out and hurt Rangers, we know that. Would they they see us as some kind of rival, which is laughable? Um, so there were kind of all these warning signs or indicators that this could be a, a tricky game. So, I mean, what a way to, to steady the nerves, obviously to capitalise on, on that mistake early doors, settle the nerves, get Joe able to, to put the second away quite early as well. Um, and, and all in all, it was a, a really, really enjoyable evening. Um, Colin, obviously, I think Brian Rice, the, the Hamilton
0: manager, had said that the golf's never been bigger between, between the other teams and the old firm. I think we've seen this season other than you know, the Aberdeen game at Audrey the other week, which we should have won. But certainly the difference in quality against these teams that we may have struggled against in the past has been quite noticeable this season. Um, is, is it a case of us being so much better from last season? Is it, case, is it also the case that these teams have, have got worse? Uh,
2: I would think Rangers have improved, David. I mean, the Aberdeen game, we should have won that convincingly. Uh, I think we discussed last week in the pod that there's just there's still wee signs with Rangers that when they start feeling a wee bit of pressure, they're still quite a nervous side. But in terms of the quality, it's definitely there. I had the fear for Friday, I must admit. It just felt like one of those games, uh, especially after Celtic got a decent result on Wednesday, You know, it just felt like one of those games where, as you said there, in previous years, we'd have probably dropped points. We've went there over the last couple of seasons and, and played really well and not done anything. In fact, I think the last time we won there, it was a couple of years ago. It was a game I was at. I think Winda scored and Morello scored and Hibs should have won that night. You know, they battered us. I think Neil Lennon was in charge at that point and they, they absolutely, you know, they gave us a going over. And I don't know how we came away with the points that night, but it's been the opposite since then. We've been going there and playing very, very well, but, but, but not able to get uh, the victory. So, because of that I genuinely feared that we we're, were going to slip up on Friday uh, and to come away with such a convincing performance was, was brilliant it was outstanding get the job done nice and early go into your weekend nice and relaxed uh, I, I don't think the rest of Scottish football has got any worse I, I, I think Rangers have improved because Celtic were so far ahead anyway we are now shown that we're not that far behind them if, if indeed we are behind them
0: Yeah Ross. Obviously, good to see um, such a, to, to go ahead so quickly, I suppose, and, and, and get the two goals as early as we did. It settles the nerves in games like that. That's it's good also, I suppose, to see us capitalising on mistakes from from the other team because perhaps in, in other games, even when you look at the Celtic Cup final, you know we, we sometimes shoot ourselves in the foot with that. So it's good to see us make the most of that early error and, and get ahead.
1: Oh, very much so, David, and you know everyone is kind of saying it as well. Let's not underestimate the difficulty in that finish from Ryan Kent. Um, Ryan Kent has come into not not criticism, but kind of questions from the fan base since he's returned, and and really asking him to to prove and to earn that transfer fee. And he's no he's not done that with with this one finish, but um, considering the. The Easter road can be quite a hostile atmosphere. We're under the lights on a Friday night, under the BT Sport cameras. Um, that was a, a high-pressure finish. It's come to him. He takes it first time and he controls it and he keeps the ball down. And he, he shows a, a, a class and a composure that is, um, is often found wanting in Scottish football. So it was a, it was a huge moment. And, and you're right, David. It was, it was very, very important to capitalise on these mistakes because these mistakes are rife in Scottish football. And to be the best side in the league, you have to punish them. And I, I, I genuinely believe it's not something we do often enough. Um, I was fortunate unfortunate enough to be at Hamden uh, a couple of weekends ago to, to watch the, the League Cup final. And you're absolutely right. Celtic were there for the taking and, and in, in many aspects were the architects of what could have been their own downfall. And we didn't punish them. We weren't clinical enough. And we could talk about a psychological block for, for Morelos. And we have discussed that on the podcast since that match. Um, but the whole side has to be clinical. The whole side has to, to take advantage to be ruthless and, and really punish teams. And thankfully, we did that on Friday night. Uh, Let like us say, Ryan Kent set us up perfectly. Um, let's not underestimate the, the significance of Joe Arribo really, really chasing down that ball, showing desire and showing hunger to close down Marciano because Marciano as a keeper um, can be a decent shot stopper but also can have nerves and can be a wee bit of a bomb scare. So he's, he's been smart, he's been brave, and he's closed down the goalkeeper. He's forced the error, and thankfully we've capitalised. And uh, and five minutes later, obviously, we go on and get the second goal, which is which is real class. And I'm sure we'll mention it at some point in a few minutes' time. If that hadn't been a goal, it surely would have been a penalty. And, and thankfully, Ryan Portis, who, who flattened Jermaine Defoe in the box just in the lead-up to the second goal, so he's uh, got his in orders later on.
0: Yeah, Colin, it was a good it was a good finish from from Rebo. And it's good to see him now coming into zone a wee bit, especially in that in that position. I think certainly it looked like you know in the first half he was he was key to everything we did well down the right hand side. Um, and he seems to start he started working better with Tavernier, which is also good to see. Perhaps he's now found, you know, where he needs to be on the pitch for us.
2: Yeah, it was a great finish. It was, it was, it was reminiscence in myself actually, back in my glory days in the fives, David. If I'm being honest, but uh, aye. In terms of Aribo, I think you know, I think he started the season well. You know, and I think again we've, we've discussed this a few times on the pod. The, the first Old Firm game of the season in September didn't perform so well. I think Gerard got the tactics wrong that day. He had a sort of an off day, and I don't know if that had an impact on him. He, he seemed to start playing within himself a wee bit after that. And it's taken him a wee while, but this this position that Gerrard's got him in now seems to suit him. You know, he's he's on the right hand side, as you say, he's linking up well with Tav, uh, but also gives him the option to cut inside on his left foot. Uh know, as, as Ross has just alluded to, he's instrumental in the first goal because you know he doesn't give that ball up. Uh, it just it's a slight touch, but it's a, it's enough to block the clearance and set it up for Ken. And, and Ken done well. It's still quite a tricky finish, but. I've Aribo's got to get a lot of the credit for that. The second goal is just... A, a wee bit sort of... I know I was, I was trying to be a bit funny earlier on. A wee bit like... Uh, who was the one-touch striker that we used to have that went to Everton? Oh, I'm having a brain freeze here. You're
1: starting to sound like Pete there,
2: Colin. I know. That's cause, it's because I'm two buds in, you know? Two can down. Uh,
1: Jelovic.
2: Jelovic. It was a wee bit... I mean, Jelovic was a master at the one-touch finish. You know what I mean? And it was it was a wee bit like that, you know... A good cut back, as Ross says, a stonewall penalty. And I'm slightly slightly disturbed that no one mentioned that during the commentary until it came to McCoy. McCoy said it at half time, oh, by the way, but no one said it at the time. You know, your, your usual suspects sort of remain quiet. But I mean, a brilliant finish, an absolutely outstanding finish. And he is, he's becoming very instrumental in all that, that's good about Rangers at the moment, Arivo. And, and and I'm chuffed from because for a wee while there, I, I was starting to fear, you know, it, it looked to me like he was starting to sink under the pressure, they've been a Rangers player, but no, he's coming to the fore now.
0: Yeah, it was also Ross. Good to see Jermaine Defoe get back in the in the score sheet and lead the line in the in the absence of Morelos He has been quite vocal, but the fact he wants to stay at the club, would you be inclined to to give him a new deal and, and extend the stay beyond the end of the season?
1: Ah, uh, undoubtedly, David, I would. Um... With all the, the sports science and the, the kind of the technology surrounding the game these days, the the traditional ages at which players would retire don't tend to mean so much anymore. It's well documented that Jermaine Defoe looks after himself well; that he's a first class trainer, um, that he puts in the, the time and the energy away from Ockenhowe to keep himself sharp and in shape. Um, the, the kind of the line that's trotted around a lot of the time is that he's never touched never touched a drop of alcohol. Um, it's clear that this boy is still. One of the most capable finishers in the Scottish game, and I I texted a pal of mine uh, when he when he finished that when I finished the game off on Friday, texted him to say that Jermaine Defoe could still do a job for most English Premier League sides, and I I genuinely believe that. Um, I, I genuinely believe that if he was given more of a chance today at Bournemouth, he could still be there and he could still be an integral part of their squad. So I'm not too concerned about his age, and obviously we know that. The, the older and the wiser players tend to have quite a, quite a significant influence around the training pitch, anyway. Um, with all of the experience of Defoe representing top class sides in England, representing his national team, and going to uh, international tournaments with the England squad, he's got so much experience and and so much value that he can pass on to the younger lads that he must be an incredible influence to have around the training ground. Um, so I would I would keep him on 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 both those fronts. He's still. His uh his ratio of goals to minutes played is simply staggering for, for any player in this league. It's it's remarkable. You see, with the goal that he scored on, on Friday, um it was a clever header in from Arfield, and I don't deny that at all. Actually, I think that was the best thing that Scott Arfield's done possibly this season is that assist. Um the way that he takes the ball down, but his second touch to knock the ball away from the defender, but also kind of kill it dead at the same time as he shifts his weight. It was it was remarkable, it was mesmerizing. And you can see in, in that one finish the the value that he still brings to the squad. So in terms of value on the pitch and off the park, I think he's he's crucial to have around. He's spoken. I've noticed actually over the last couple of weeks there's been a real increase in the number of times that Defoe's quoted in the media. So he's clearly putting the idea out there. Like you say, he wants to be dealt in. he wants to be kept on at the club. Um, he really seems to buy into the club, loves working with Gerard. To me, it's a no-brainer. I can't see any downside to having him at the club.
0: Colin, do you think his his time at Rangers has been more successful than, than most people would have, would have imagined when he joined? Uh, well, I, I
2: mean, I, I, I slightly disagree with Ross in that I, I felt the last few games that the force came on, it, he's, he's been fairly anonymous. And I think if something was to happen to Morelos, then I think we would need more firepower. I think, I know he's still fit and all the rest of it, but I think it would be a big ask of him uh, to, to you know, to fill in for Morelos for a, for a prolonged period. I think it gives us more off the park, if I'm being honest. I mean, don't get me wrong, he's doing a, he's, he's doing a great job on it. I think behind the scenes at training, I think particularly with Morelos, I think a lot of the, the, the positive stuff from Morelos this season, the way he's sort of avoiding, you know, the controversy up until last week, obviously, eh, I think a lot of that is, is is down to Jermaine Defoe. I think he adds a lot in the dressing room, which... You know, it doesn't. To me, a lot of people look at but but, but players do in the park. It's it's not just about that. It's you know, it's about their presence. It's about what they offer, you know, to the group, eh, to the squad, and all that kind of a thing. And I think he offers a lot. I think he's been an integral sign and even although he's not had a huge amount of game time. Would extend his his contract? I would probably give him another year, would I expect him to play a lot of like game time. I'm not so sure. I would. I, I still think it's an area that we maybe need to strengthen. Because as I said, if if something did happen to Morelos, I'm not sure the four would would provide the same amount of firepower. But that doesn't mean to say that he's 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 not contributing in any way. He's he's contributing a lot to the cause. I think he's a, a, a vital member of that group. I think, and uh, yeah, I think that he's he's worthy of his extension. Yeah. So I mean, that it's all
0: positive stuff generally from Rangers' point of view from Friday night, but. Obviously, there was there was ugly scenes um, both on the pitch and off it, uh, in the, more or less the same instant when Portis went in and Barisic was appalling an appalling tackle. Um, he was given a red right card and while well was down. He had a, what appeared to be a bottle of vodka thrown at him uh, from the from the stands. Ross, it's it's worrying. A to see such a bad tackle that that was that was a really dangerous tackle and, and didn't look like a any sort of well, didn't look like any sort of attempt not to hurt a fellow professional from from what we saw. Uh, and that's that's why why put is so red. But then to see what, what came from the
1: stands as well, it's it's worrying to to see that still in the game. <laughs> it was a really ugly couple of minutes there. Um but sadly nothing less than we expect from from that mob who time and time again lower the standard of scottish football um you know we've seen if we cast our minds back over the last couple of seasons um speaking purely from the supporters perspective of of that football club we've seen the scottish cup final 2016 again i was there and i've i've seen it firsthand and um it was nothing short of disgusting what happened, and and then the, the subsequent way that it was attempted to be covered up by their uh, their chairman Rod Pe- uh, Rod Petrie um, was disgraceful. Then we think back to last season and that one same section of Easter Road uh, whereby via an individual from the stand comes on and attacks our captain purely for the fact that he's a Rangers player. Um, and, and the media word that they liked to use at the time was confront. It wasn't confront. It was attack. Let's not make any mistake there. Um, it, was, it was really, really disheartening to see that. The tackle itself was a disgrace. It was nothing short of a disgrace. And actually, I'll, I'll hold my hands up and say that The first time I saw it, when I saw that in real time, I thought that's a heavy tackle, but he's won the ball um, and it's a full-blooded challenge. And then I seen a couple of angles and I saw it in slow motion. And it's, it's nasty. It's vile. And he's gone out deliberately to injure a fellow professional. And the way that you can see that is when you see Porteous running towards the tackle, he slows down by half a step. He deliberately slows down because he wants to take the man. He, you know, he, he knows he'll get the ball because Baris, You know, the, the ball is kind of presenting itself, so he knows he'll get the ball. But the way that he slows down and lifts the leg deliberately to target the player is barbaric. And unfortunately, it's not the first time with that player, who actually is, you know, he's a young centre-half, he's a young Scottish centre-half, and unlike a lot of our um, fan base, I want to see the national team do well. Um, he's not a, a dreadful defender. He's not a good defender. He's certainly not a cultured centre-half, but he's not dreadful. So to see him go out and, and deliberately seek to hurt one of our players, the fact that it's not even the first time, really, really, really hurts. And... Um, Cast your minds back to last season and and he deliberately went out to hurt Kula Valley in the same way and, and got away with it. So, you know, I'll let Colin elaborate on, on his thoughts for, on what we've seen from the, the stands there. And it's not just the vodka bottle. There were plenty of missiles being thrown, but we'll all focus on the vodka bottle because it was glass and it could have hurt him a bit more. Um, the challenge itself was a disgrace. The scenes from the fans were a disgrace. What I saw from their coaching staff who left the technical area to confront our coaching staff was a disgrace. The way that their fan base on social media and online after the event has tried to play this down and say that he got the ball and our players were rattling them up anyway, so that's why we threw stuff, that's a disgrace. The whole thing is sickening, and and yet none of us are surprised because it's Hibernian Football Club. Colin, your
0: thoughts on the on the fiasco?
2: Look, it's, it's kind of similar to what Ross is just saying there I mean the, the actual tackle itself is disgusting now I, I got into a, bit of a, a, a text exchange with my mate and you know he's a bit old school and he's like he won the ball and I was like well winning the ball is not enough you know he could have won the ball sooner he could have won that ball two or three steps sooner you know as Ross said he, he delayed his run to make sure he could connect with the man and he's caught him fairly high and I think uh, Borner's seen it coming and, and, and managed to ride it as for that, you know that mob in the corner. We've seen it before. You know, we've seen it. We've seen it in the cup final. Uh, now, the minute I, again, I was like Ross. I was at the cup final. I was behind the goal on the Rangers end. The minute they came on the park, I knew it was coming. I mean, there was no way they were going to stop at the halfway line. It wasn't just celebration. It wasn't just over exuberance. They were coming on to goad and look for trouble, and that's what they got. And then when they got it, you know, the you know, and Rangers complain about it. It's all sour grapes and all the rest of it. But let's let's not kid ourselves on here. It's, it's not just tabs. You know this is this is this is a, a, an ongoing issue that this country's attitude towards Rangers Football Club is becoming quite dangerous. I think it's it's becoming it's almost like obsessive. You know, what I mean, I, I mean, I understand why people don't like Rangers. There's a lot of things about us. I'm a Watson, all kind of supporter. I know there's elements to certainly the fan base that, that's unlikable. You know and I can understand you know, historical elements about the club that people wouldn't like, but you know, when you look at the political black uh, background, background at the moment, you know, there's, there's a whole constitutional debate, and it seems to me that Rangers are, are viewed as, as, as being on one side of that and, and just the absolute, you know, they emphasize everything that, that, that that's wrong with that side of the debate, and it's it's unhealthy now. now. When any songs, any songs come from the stands at Iberts, it shouldn't be getting sung. Which again, as a Rangers supporter, I, I, I hold my hands up and say, you know, it's time for that stuff. to stop. We need to move on for that. But there are certain commentators, you know, your Graham Spears and your Tom English, or oh, then they're all over it. You know what I mean? The minute something like that happens, they are all over it. Graham Spears has said nothing about Friday night incident. Nothing. His Twitter account is virtually silent on the issue. Paul English. Oh, apparently a missile was thrown. Apparently, you know what I mean. The, the whole narrative around this—no one has made the connection. No one in the mainstream media is prepared to say, you know what? Whenever Rangers go to certain away grounds or most away grounds in this country, there's inappropriate behaviour. You know, we've seen players attacked. Uh, we've seen graffiti about the Ibrox disaster popping up. We've seen the bus getting attacked. Uh, we've seen Friday night there more missiles coming on. You know, there was a pie aimed at Tavernier at patodre uh, There was obviously the stuff on Friday night. And there was an incident last week at Mullerwell and Morellas when he was getting hot cups of Bovro and all that lobbed over him. There's one common denominator here, and that's us. It's whenever we turn up, this stuff happens, and it's not coming from us. So people need to start calling it out. And you've, as I said, you've got people in the mainstream media, like your your Haggerty's and all of them, just stirring it up and stirring it up. And no one, not one person... And, that, and and the mainstream media is prepared to stand up and say, you want to know something? There's actually an issue when it comes to people's attitudes and what they find acceptable when it comes to attending Rangers games and what they're prepared to do. Well, I mean, we've already had the issue with Tavernier at Habermas. And the guy, fair enough, the boy got to jail, which I thought was a bit harsh. I actually think what happened on Friday was worse. If that bottle connects with anyone, it could do some real damage. And it needs called out. It absolutely needs called out.
0: Does it need to be called
2: out by Rangers as a club? Or? I, I, I think we're getting to that point. I really do. I, I, I mean, I know Rangers are, 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 are trying to be you know, sensitive around the, the issue, but th- to me, the club should come out now and say, well, look, let's look at the incidents here and, and, and reel them off. You know what I mean? Because there's plenty. There are, there are a lot of incidents out there in the last three or four years that are not healthy at all. And it needs it needs to be addressed and it needs to be called out. But I don't think it will be. You know, I, I think for, for far too many people in this country, Rangers represent a sort of pantomime villain. And they need to have a look at their lives. You know what I mean? Rangers are a football club. And they're a football club that, that's not without its themselves, but they're not responsible for all the ills in society. So I think there needs to be a serious debate on this issue. Because someone, in my opinion, it could have happened on Friday there, someone is going to get seriously hurt.
0: Yeah, so I think moving on from from that, uh, looking ahead, next game is obviously Kilmarnock on on Boxing Day. Ross, what are your what are your thoughts going into that? They've, they've they've obviously not got a permanent manager at the moment. Alex Dyle's, uh taking charge, not being in a great run. Lost on on Saturday, another team that we've struggled to beat over the past couple of years, um, and and just got past on the first day of the season so what are you expecting from
1: them well honestly i'm i'm expecting three points and another dominant performance um we it's a fair point we've struggled against them over the past 18 months or so um i think last season comanick were stronger than they will that were well, certainly stronger than they've been for the past decade and probably stronger than they will be for the next 10 years i think they they peaked last season under steve clark um we've struggled against them predominantly at their place on that abomination of a pitch. So obviously they come to us on Thursday. Uh, we will hopefully kind of, I think I'm right in saying that since Morelos, Morelos red card was a second yellow. I think Morelos is back, but even if he wasn't, um, I have, I have no doubt Defoe can lead the line um, professionally. So I, I'm expecting nothing less than a dominant performance. And, uh, and three points. I, I think you would struggle to find any area on the pitch where you would say that a Kilmarnock player is better than the corresponding Rangers player. Um, we have better players than them. We have better management and coaching than them. We have the uh, advantage of, of, of the home crowd. And uh, I'm struggling to see, obviously, Kilmarnock at the moment are, are leaderless and rudderless. The, the dressing room according to reports that came out in the week there, the, the dressing room kind of revolted against uh, Angelo Alessio, their, their former manager. So they're kind of a team in, in a bit of a, a, wee bit of a crisis. Um, and I think knowing the importance of, of every game now, um, obviously we go into the winter break, we've got two games left of the winter break, Kilmarnock and, and, and Celtic away. So the importance of these two games cannot be understated and uh Obviously, the game on the 29th next weekend against Celtic is, is is the harder game on paper. So I think that has to be drilled into the team that there's there's no excuse for not capitalising on this. There's no excuse for not putting Kilmarnock to bed early, convincingly, make a statement, move on to next weekend. Um, and I, honestly, considering the the psychological improvements we've seen in the side over the past six to 12 months, I have absolutely no doubt that we'll do that. Uh, Colin, how, how important is it to
0: to keep this momentum going, especially going into the, the winter break and the Celtic game that's coming up?
2: Well, I think it's vital, David. Absolutely vital. You know, I mean, Kelly, I've proved as you've alluded to there that you know, especially under Steve Clark, we had we had problems with him but eh, no manager at the moment. I still think it could be a tricky game. You know, these these teams tend to you know sit in and make it hard for us, but just need to keep winning. You know, I. I think, you know, a lot of the time, you know, when you're going through the campaign, I certainly felt like this last season, you know, when you get a good result, you st- you think, oh, we're with a chance. But deep down, you don't really believe it. Uh, see, this season, we, we are a good side. You know what I mean? And if we keep on the winning games uh, and keep putting the pressure on them, we are in with a right chance. So, yeah, get the three points uh, against Kelly on uh, the Thursday and then, to the Celtic game next week and see what it takes. As I mean, even I mean, even if we come away with, with nothing next week against Celtic, you know, we're still we're still a real real good shout. But I, I I'm I think we're in a good place at the moment. I know the, the the cup final defeat was a sore one to take. It was it was a hard one on the channin. Uh, but overall, I think I think Gerard's got that, that that group in a good place, and I'm quite confident. Coming into the, the the next week, and I think we'll be in a good place come the winter break.
0: Uh, Ross Holland's mentioned that you know, even if we even if we don't take something next week, we'll be in with a show. But pe- well, personally, I don't. I think we really we really need to at least take a draw at Parkhead next week. Just if, if not for psychological reasons, as well, and you know the actual numerical advantage. But I think it's really important that way we, we take something. Do
1: you agree, or do you think that? it's not going to be a, a massive uh, factor in the season no to be, to be quite frank I do agree David um, I, th- I think there's you'd always rather have points on the board than have the game in hand psychologically speaking so uh, obviously that's that's not quite working out in our favor this year um, the fact that it's it's five points from first to second as opposed to two points you know it's five points in the game in hand so you're kind of assuming that Rangers would would win that game in hand and, and close the gap to two points. But let's say then that we, we, we'd we lose the game on the 29th and that, that five points becomes eight points. Even with the game in hands, I think there's a, a, a significant change between two and five. So um, I'm slightly more pessimistic than Colin. I think we've probably worked that out over the past two or three years of doing this show that I'm uh, I, I'm not always the most optimistic of fans. I'm not always the most positive of fans. And, and sometimes I take things a wee bit harder. Um, so I think the game on the 29th, it's not make or break. It's not do or die. It's not the end of the season. But we did not help ourselves with the old firm game at home earlier on in the season. We really didn't. Gerard admits that he got it wrong. Every single contributor we've had on this show who's spoken about that game, has admitted that we got the tactics wrong that day. Um, one or two players had an off day and we just didn't do enough. And it was really, really tough to watch a group of capable and, and able players um, just not get it right on the day and, and maybe slightly wilt under the pressure. I think we've progressed since then. I think we've grown since then. I think a lot of the new newer players have, have started to realise what it means to play for Rangers. Look at your Borna look at your Joe Aribo. Guys like that understand um, the weight of the jersey now. I, I, I truly believe that. So it's not do or die, and it's not the be-all and end-all. But if if that number grows to eight points gap, um, even with the game in hand, I think going into the second half of the season, that's considering the, uh, I, I hate saying it, considering the relentless form of Celtic. Um, look at their game yesterday. That, you know, even... When they when they get pegged back to one each, they get some very, very favorable refereeing decisions. Um, they get things breaking in their favor, but their results have been have been strong, they have been excellent and, and they don't look like dropping as many points as, as a lot of us predicted on the show. So considering that form that, that they're showing, um, I think if we were to, to get a less favorable result on the 29th, uh, this campaign becomes a lot a lot tougher.
0: Um, it was another narrow victory for for Celtic on on Saturday, Colin, two uh, one over Aberdeen. So I struggled to to the three points. It would seem I didn't see the game, but certainly it wasn't the clearest of, of margins. Do you think they are maybe running out of steam, or do you think because even even going on the game the other week, you know, we looked at the fitter side uh, throughout that. Do you think we are showing signs that we could? You
2: know, we, well, we could win next next Sunday, and certainly if we take our chances, we'd be in a better position. I, I, I think we can win next Saturday, no problem. I, I think we're good enough to beat Celtic. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. I think it comes down to you know that belief and that momentum. We should have beaten them at Celtic Park with ten men in March there. We were the far better side, uh, as as Ross has said there. The game at Ibrox uh, in September was a bit of a write off, but Gerrard has a decent. Yeah, a, a decent record against Celtic you know and, and a couple of games when he has suffered defeats he's been really unlucky Like you the game at Celtic Park the cup final was a farce you know what I mean the, the, that game should have been done and dusted. Uh, as for Celtic running out of steam I, I don't know about that I just think Celtic have the lucky aside that know the course and know how to get through games and you know and, and they, they carry a bit of luck at times as well but that, that comes from experience and knowing what to do when to do it and uh, that said we can beat them absolutely 100% we can beat them and the, the 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 players the manager the whole group need to believe that they can beat them and we can absolutely we can we've shown that we can we've beaten them at idroschen we've came very close to beating them at celtic park uh just to, to have a, a, a silly mistake sort of sold the pies that day but every every player plays to the you know the through capabilities then we will give them a game next week and even if we come away with a draw we're still in a, and I don't think a defeat is, is a be-all and end-all we've still got to come back to highbrooks we're still a long way to go uh, I still think other teams will maybe take points off them we just need to make sure we're as strong a, a place as possible if and when that happens uh, but aye next week we can we can 100% beat them we've, we've shown that we, sh- we showed that two weeks ago at Hamden we're as good a side as them. We just need to believe it, and we just need to get over that mental hurdle, get the goal, and 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 put them to the
0: sword. Um, that's, uh, that's probably a question for both of you. I'll come to you first, Ross. How how would you analyze the the season so far with the year the year
1: coming to close and the, and the winter break approaching? I think the word is is progress for me, and 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 that doesn't just stand for 2019 but it, it kind of stretches back to the, the summer of 2018 onwards I think physical progress on the park has been excellent I think psychological progress which is um, very very evident has, has been excellent uh, I think the club as a whole is progressing um, I think even behind the scenes I think some of the, the off the park stuff with the appointment of the new commercial director and the ties that that he's, he's striking up has been, has been really good to see. Um, I th- I, 2019, there have been some real frustrations, obviously. Of course, there have been, um, particularly, you know, you think back to some of the cup performances, the Scottish Cup semi-final against Aberdeen. Uh, the tail end of last season was was very hard to take. The cup final this season in, in the League Cup against Celtic was very, very, very difficult to, to swallow. So there's been some frustrating times, but the progression... Um, in terms of where we were when when Gerard came in and, and how he's carried that through obviously he's learned a huge amount from last season so from this summer onwards you can really see that being applied um, the progression in terms of the squad the caliber of players that we've brought in the recruitment I think has been excellent um, that's that's the one word that I would really use to, to sum up the year.
0: Colin what are your thoughts? I think
2: we've come on leaps and bounds. I really do. I think it's I think Gerard and uh, his team and his staff can take a lot of credit. You know, this time last season, we well, were getting into that game in the 29th against Celtic and it pretty was much do or die. Uh, you know, I know we won the game and, you know, I think we paid ourselves level or stuff like that. But we'd already dropped a significant amount of points. You know what I mean? We'd, we'd lost to Celtic. We'd dropped stupid points. Yeah. LaVey and, you know, we dropped a lot of points by this stage last season. And even though we're still hanging on there, part of me didn't quite believe that we had enough. I don't feel like that this season at all. You know, uh, with, with the bad result against Celtic at Ibrox, I think that was just a bad day at the office. We've dropped two points to Hearts and two points to Aberdeen. We remain defeated away from home. Uh, we've took one step further in the, the European arena. You know, we're into the, the knockout stages of the Europa League. I think this team is, is doing fantastically well. They really, they really are. And they're probably not getting the, the credit they deserve because, you know, Celtic are the champions and, you know, they've won 10 trophies in a row and all that nonsense. It's This team deserves a lot of credit because that team that's won 10 trophies in a row, we're holding their feet to the fire. And we're doing it with a, a, a budget that's about, I don't know, half or a third of, of what they've got. So, yeah, they deserve a lot of credit. We're in a title fight. We will take them to the wire. Uh, We've reached a cup final that we should have won. We're in, you know, the last 32 of the Europa League. And I've got no doubt we'll we'll, we'll give the Scottish Cup a good crack as well. So it's not just progress, in in my opinion, David. It's significant progress. We look at a very, very strong outfit, in my opinion. And uh, Gerard and his staff deserve a lot of credit. We're, We're in a good, good place at the moment.
0: Uh, I'll come to you both for score predictions for both games. Kelly
1: and Celtic, Ross, what do you think? Kelly first. <laughs> Kelly first, I, I don't see them posing us too many problems. I think many of the, the dangerous players that they had last season aren't firing in the same way that they are this time around. I don't, I, I never watched a game uh, this weekend, but from the reports that I've read, it's not as if Alex Dyer has kind of provided any, New manager bounce. It doesn't sound like their squad's any more together than they were under Alessio. So I think the the killer game, it has to be 3-0. And Celtic? Celtic's a bit tougher. Um as Celtic, I see us, I see us scoring. Unfortunately, I also see them scoring. Um, I think this will be the game that Morelos breaks this kind of barren streak against Celtic. I think it'll be two-two.
0: Colin, your thoughts, what, what score predictions are you giving me for Kelly and
2: Celtic? Uh, I think Kelly, although they're not in a great place at the moment, I think the over the last few years they, they know how to play against Rangers and they cause us problems. So I'm going to go for 2-0 there. Uh, I'm going to go 1-0 Rangers next week. I think we're, we're due something against them. It feels to me like it's been in the post for a while uh, and I think it's coming next week.
0: Okay, though. That brings us on nicely to our um, best of series for 2019. Um, obviously gave you a, a few questions earlier today, lads, which you've been thinking about all day, um, I'm sure. So I will start off and then I'll come to you both and we'll go through the list uh, in that order. But the first question that I I asked you was uh, the best performance, uh, Rangers performance of 2019 Um, I have gone for the Old Firm game at Ibrooks in May when um, Tavernier and Arfield scored. The reasons, there's a few reasons for that. It felt to me, it was one of the weirdest Old Firm games I've ever been to actually, because it was one of the the most dominant displays I'd seen from a Rangers team probably in an Old Firm game, but also the most... Hollow, I felt coming out of a a victory because it just felt like a sort of what could have been if we'd if we'd kept that sort of tempo all season because we were we were absolutely excellent. Didn't get, I mean limited them to very very few chances in the game. Scored early on and and continued and should really have scored more in the first half and second half we got the the, the goal from our field and the, and the stadium was was rocking that day. It was a, it was a lovely day as well. And I just felt like. It was the first sign of of what's come under Gerald this season. That you know, the game at the game at Ibrooks in in the December w- was good, and it was a good performance. Good to finally break the duck and, and beat them um, since coming back up to the to the top flight. But that game just felt like a, a watershed moment for the team, I think, and, and added a bit of belief. And unfortunately, we didn't follow up earlier this season uh, the way everyone thought we might, but. I think certainly for me, it's a it's a game that will live in my memory just for for the absolute dominance Um in the performance. I don't know if you've you both have have many memories of that day,
1: Ross. I um, absolutely. I mean, I, I totally agree that it was a, a kind of watershed moment, and it it showed the maturity of the side, and and like I said earlier, the, the progress and the strides that we've made. Under Gerard um, was kind of it was summed up in that day, and it's, it's an interesting point that you kind of felt hollow coming out of that game um, because it, I, I suppose there was a, a, a sort of bitter sweetness about it. Um, for me, though, if we're talking about the best team performance of 2019, I'm going to go slightly more recent actually. Um, and whilst I thought we were excellent on Friday night, and I thought we were excellent against Aberdeen earlier on in the season, for me, the best team performance of 2019 would be uh, only only recently at Hamden against Hearts in the, in the semi-final when we dispatched them 3-0. Um, because obviously we've had our struggles at Hampden uh, and, and that can put a real psychological block on a team that we're, we're a good side because we keep getting to the semi-final stage but we can't really progress. Um, that was a, a, obviously a hallmark of, of the 2018-19 season. Um, we'd also very, very recently drawn and dropped points against Hearts so again, they'd proved themselves as, as a side that could cause us issues. We went to Hamden that day and blew them away. And um, we were dominant and we were imperious. And it was a, a, an absolute joy to watch. Um, so for me, that was, that was the team performance of 2019.
0: Colin, what's, what's your big big entry? <laughs> oh, hey, steady on. <laughs>
2: That's a bit rude. That uh, well, I, I mean, th- th- my memories of that old Firm game you were talking about is is uh, Rossi's favourite player, Scott Arfield, having a, a great game and scoring the second goal. Uh, in terms of my own sort of entry to the to the to the category, I was going to go. I was actually going to go over the cup final. Can uh, I, I said that off air? But I'm going to change my mind. Uh, the cup final, I thought Rangers were superb up until the the penalty, I, I thought we were absolutely superb and I think if we'd got the goal it, it, I think we could have went on and, and maybe actually given them a bit of a battering, wasn't to be, so I'm, I've, as I said, a slightly change in my mind. I'm going to go with Porto away and the reason I'm going to go with Porto away is because Porto were in the, the quarterfinals of the Champions League last year still a very, very strong outfit and for long periods in that game it wasn't even a, a typical sort of you know, Walter Smith performance you know, when we were sitting in and You know, shot after shot, and relying on McGregor to make save after save, and then trying to hit them on the counter. We actually played some really, really good football that day, uh, and probably should have won the game. You know, we were the better side for long, long periods. Uh, Don't get me wrong. There's, there's, there's maybe you know factors playing into that. As I said before in the pod, wasn't a huge home support that night. It didn't feel like a big game to them. But you've still got to give the players credit. You know, that's. Decent players and a high high level of opposition, and we didn't just go out there and, and get a good result. The level of the performance uh, was was of such that after the game, you felt disappointed that that, that that we hadn't won it. So yeah, I've I've changed my mind during the show. I was going to go for the cup final, but I'm going to go for a poll,
0: probably. Okay, dope. well the next the next category was was goal of 2019, and. I, I, I sort of had a wee watch on YouTube earlier of some of the goals, just to remind myself, but I already did one in my head that to me was just, it was important in so many ways for us um, in the context of that game and, and the whole Europa League campaign this season, but that was Morels' strike against Porto at Ibrox, Um because it had been such a sort of sticky game and and managed to make the break the breakthrough. I think he would sort of missed a couple of chances and was a, just didn't seem it would go in his way. But it, it just shows his quality as a, as a striker that he could he could finish like that. And, and the way I think we we spoke off air a bit at Colin and you'd said about the fact when you saw it live it, you didn't quite realise how good a goal it was. But when you when you managed to see it back, you know to take a to take a, a strike like that was really a top top class and. Um, I think to, to get that first goal and then we obviously went on and get another through Stephen Davis, which which was great and and really in the context of the, the group stage, um, that was a massive game for, for us both in, in belief and and the actual uh, getting through. You know, to, to get three points in, in such an important game. So yeah, for me that was that was the goal uh, of twenty nineteen. Ross, what what is your what are your thoughts?
1: Well, for me, my, my goal of 2019, I'm actually going to heart back. Obviously, Colin's just, just spoken about uh, Rangers away at Porto um, and I'll, I'll kind of come to that in a moment. Uh, before I get to that, the honourable mention for me is I'm actually now really trying to rack my brain as to whether this was early 2019 or late 2018. So I hope if I've got this one wrong. I think it might just be late 2018, but hopefully we'll sneak it in, was um, Morelos last season away at Hearts at Tynecastle, where it was a free kick from Tav on the right-hand side. Uh, He whips the ball in and Morelos kind of flicks it into the far corner. Um, For me, that's an honourable mention. What I'll say for my favourite goal of 2019, um, not just for the fact that I've managed to to get all the way out there, but was Morelos away at Porto. Obviously, we'd, we'd gone 1-0 down and, and the team showed great character and great strength to come back into the game. But the passing and the movement and the one-touch play leading up to that goal, um, the way that the ball is kind of turned around the corner to Barisic, who then plays an, an absolutely inch-perfect ball just to take it out the reach of the centre-half, falls phenomenally to Morelos, who has time, he has composure, he looks up and he rifles it into the top corner. Um, to me, that's the goal that kind of kept our Europa League this season on track. It meant a huge amount to, to everyone that had travelled. Um, to me, that's that's my favourite goal of 2019. Colin,
0: before I ask you um, your favourite goal of 2019, have you got any honourable mentions for goals from
2: 2018? <laughs> I, I, I had to laugh. I'm saying that was late 2000. I think it was about <laughs> September, October. <laughs> but no, no honourable, no, no honourable mentions for me. <laughs> Uh, No, I mean, my my goal of 2019, uh, again, going back to the European campaign and and Morelos, I thought his second header uh, in Rotterdam was just top drawer. Uh, Now, I think I said this in the pod before, you know, although Feyenoord are probably, you know, a, a weaker team than Porto. Uh, The the trip there maybe represented a a more difficult trip because of the the atmosphere, because it was quite a hostile atmosphere, partisan crowd, you know, and we've went one down again and, you know, you think, oh, we're in trouble here. Morelos gets the first, which is also a a, a very decent header, by the way. Uh, And you think, right, we're back in it. And then, you know, five, ten minutes later, ball goes out to Barisic, who, by the way, deserves, uh, should I mention this when we're talking about the Hibs game, he deserves a special mention for his 2019. You know, he looked like he was out the door at one stage and now he's standing there in the corner staring at the Habs fans, you know what I mean? He's really grown into that jersey. Uh, so he deserves a special mention. But he gets the ball, great cross. And it was it was a cross with no power in it and uh, all the power came from Morelos and uh, all I can say is, is everyone within a sort of 50-yard radius in my house knew that, that the Rangers had scored that night because uh, me and the boy went mental when that one hit the net. It was an absolute peachy goal, so I'm going for Marellos' second against Firebird.
0: Very good. Um, uh, you can probably just both confirm that we've all gone for the same player of, of 2019 um,
1: and Alfredo Morelos. Oh. Hold on, I think Colin was going to go for Shea Ojo. <laughs> <laughs>
2: No, but just to be, I like to be different. Right. Uh, so,
0: so, so, Ross and I, Ross and I are in agreement. You're going to go for someone
2: else. We're going to go. I'm going to go for someone else. You're okay. going, you're going to go with the crowd. I'm, I'm, you know, I don't follow trends. I set them. So, uh, I'm. Wait, gonna... <laughs>
0: so Ross and I are going to go for the logical football. <laughs> you can just well, say, like Collins. Be
2: well, it. Well, I. <laughs> I'm going to go for I'm going to go for Ryan Jack. I'm going to give a special mention to Ryan Jack because I think uh, the, the the player that was signed <laughs> it was Casini that signed Ryan Jack. You know the, that player that arrived at Ayrocks in 2017 is you know he's he's almost two times the the, the, the player that he, that he was then. You know he's he's another one that has grown into the jersey. Uh, I think the arrival of Stephen Davis and uh, Kamara have have upped him again because that fight, you know, for, fighting for a, a place in the team. So he's, you know, every time a threat comes to his jersey, he just seems to find another gear. Uh, and I just think he's so integral to what Rangers are about right now. I get Morelos and he's probably right. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, you know, going to be too stubborn to admit that. But I do think Ryan Jack deserves a special mention. I think he's had an incredible year, maybe eighteen months, and. Uh, He's, he's becoming the main man in my opinion, especially in the middle of the part He is he's just integral to, to what Rangers are about right now.
0: I think just I think to me, Morella is certainly this season has been has been unbelievable, and I think it, yeah, it's easy to say you know what happened in the in the final against Celtic, but then to for that to happen in the Sunday and then on the Thursday to to go out and and bag you know probably the biggest goal. Uh, of the season so far in terms of the importance of it um, against young boys. I think he showed a bit of metal there, but his he's, whole game has is, is just got so, so much better this season. I think his heading is considerably better, I think, the way he holds the ball up. He just, he adds a whole new dimension to the play. And I think he, he scored a lot of goals this season, but he scored a hell of a lot of goals. Uh, sorry, he scored a lot of goals last season. I think he's, he scored a hell of a lot of goals this season. And has has become a proper striker and, and you can't see when when the when the time comes and he does leave for however much it is going to be, you can see him going down to England and, and having a an real impact, especially for maybe a team that needs a striker that can hold the ball up and and, and use the power up there. Uh, so yeah, I think it's really hard. And I agree with Ryan Jack's been been excellent. and and I
2: think there's other players there like, like Tav and or Tav's to a, a tough time but uh, it's, it, you know. it's worth giving a mention to Ryan Jack as well because I think he's he's the front leader for the, the dawn of the decade you know I think a lot of Rangers fans have hijacked that vote uh, from Aberdeen and if you haven't done so already do it get on and, and I voted for uh, Ryan Jack and Gavin Ray so get on there Bears and uh, get Ryan Jack as the dawn of the
0: decade just to get it right up <laughs> Um Ross, do you have anything to add on on Morelos before we move on to the final category?
1: No, just the fact that I'm continually saddened by the treatment that that Morelos gets. and uh, Actually, last week, Chris Boyd was was surprising to every Rangers fan when he was a pundit and he, he kind of mentioned that there are certain things that get highlighted because it's Morelos and if it was anyone else, we wouldn't really be talking about it. I mentioned on the show last week actually that in my opinion, Morelos should not have received any reprimand for making an alleged gesture to Motherwell fans um, because it's a celebration that he's done time and time again to whoever he's stood in front of. Um, and whilst it might mean get it right up you in Scotland, uh, it, it certainly doesn't mean that in either Colombia nor Finland. So it, I think Morelos his His goal-scoring record is exceptional. Um, Even his assists uh, are wonderful. Um, The attributes that he has in in terms of he's not just a finisher, he's not just a creator, but the way that he holds up the ball, the way that he uses his body, his physicality, um, he drags defenders away, he makes space for others to exploit. Um, Some of the less appealing parts of his game, that he was was a a slightly selfish striker in the past, have, have certainly been weeded out of him and he's a more rounded striker. Uh, at the moment, all of that, um, to his credit, is compounded by the fact that he's continually put down by an incredibly hostile and negative media. And um, I, I honestly do not have enough kind words to say about him. OK. Um,
0: final final <laughs> category um, is signing of, of 2019. And I'll quickly... quickly Take a claim for for mine, which is Glenn Carragher, who I think has been a, an absolute steal uh, for fifty grand. I know that obviously I, had, I live in Dundee, and I know when he when he signed for Rangers, there was a lot of Dundee fans. Sorry to see him go, and they they were they assured me that he was going to be he was going to be good, but I couldn't have imagined. Certainly, certainly, in the early part of his career, and I think in Europe this season he's been absolutely outstanding. And I think it's easy to maybe miss and and see the things he does wrong sometimes but I think he, he certainly gives Ryan Jack and Stephen Davis or, or whoever else it might be Scott Arfield in the midfield license to, to you know go on and, and attack while he, he holds four and he breaks up the play and plays the easy passes which is just so important especially in the midfield three and I think we will eventually sell him on for, for decent money as well which which is sort of our model and that's what it has to be and I think he's been a real find for us and and. Hopefully we'll have him a wee bit, a wee bit longer more because he's, he's certainly settled into life at Rangers and has been a real, real asset to us.
1: Um, Ross, who who are you going for? For me, it's a, a chap that we mentioned earlier during the show and I was saying his praises earlier on this evening is Jermaine Defoe, I think, it's our signing of 2019. If you look at his goal-scoring record for Rangers um, this season, I think I'm right in saying in the Scottish Premiership, he's he's appeared in 14 matches and scored 10 goals. Um, A lot of those appearances, obviously, he's come on with limited time to go and he's still uh, found a way to get on the score sheet. Obviously, he's he's been brought on uh, from the start on Friday, filling in for Morelos and turns in the most professional performance and and shows that despite his age and despite his lack of game time, he still has a sharpness and and a kind of clinical nature to his play. Um, I think I'm right in saying that since he's been brought in, he's had 32 competitive appearances and he scored 19 goals so he's well over the half a goal per game mark that you might typically use to, to judge a, a poaching striker um, so his return, his output has been excellent by all accounts his demeanour around the training ground and, and the value that he brings off the park and his mentoring of the younger players has been first class um, for me it's it, it's got to be Jermaine Defoe And finally Colin, who, who are you going for?
2: Uh, well, I'm going to go left field again. I'm going to go with Andy King. <laughs> no, I'm only joking.
0: Uh, I'm going to go that with Stephen a, Davis. That was a proper da. <laughs> da, da.
2: I know, I know. Well, well, I, I, well, I'm a proper da, so, you know, you know. if that's what it says on the tin, that's what you're, you're going to get. Uh, no, I'm going to go with Stephen Davis. Uh, I think uh, I said at the time, but again, I'm pretty sure I said on the show at the time that we would be signing the best midfielder in Scotland be signing Davis. And I know Ryan Jack's probably pushing him for that. Uh, I think the impact he's made has been considerable. I know he struggled when he first came back. I, d- I just don't think he'd had a, a lot of game time. <clears throat> Excuse me. And he was, uh, you know, struggling to get back up to fitness. But from sort of the tail end of last season and from day one this season, he's just shown everything what he's about. He's uh, Sometimes I think he's actually improved when he was with us the last time. You know, he's just He's just head and shoulders above so many people on the park. It's, it's it's night and day, and again it, it comes down to the group and all the rest of it. I don't think he just offers it on the park. I think in the dressing room he's someone that's been over the course before. He's offering you know that experience, and he'll be able to go around the dressing room and tell boys who haven't been there what they need to do. And I think that's that's vital as well. So I think he's been a, a, an outstanding signing for Rangers. Well, that brings us brings us to
0: the end. Tonight, gents, um, thank you for joining me. I hope you've picked up a, a tip or two on, on the best way to host this this podcast. Um, and you can see it on the, list, the, next hosting, the next hosting bout. Um, no, I'll, tell you,
2: I'll tell you this much, David, I, I, I bet you're not going to wish a Merry Christmas to the listeners. By the way,
0: <laughs> by the way, at the, very, the, way. Start, at the very start, <laughs> I've, I've actually written in my sheet of paper in front of me, Merry Christmas to listeners. you've so <laughs> <we've been laughs> ruined my big bit there. Merry Christmas to us. I was I was just about to, but I'm not gonna uh, bother. I'm not gonna bother no. listen, Can I also
2: point out before you go, before you go, can also point out that you were giving me a row in Twitter for tweeting during the show. Mm-hmm. By tweeting during the show.
0: That uh, was it, that was that was part of the joke.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's a dad oh. joke, ah, no, right. yeah, Okay, okay. No. I'll let you go and I'll let you go on.
0: Anyway. But no, it's been it's been good and it's been good to go through a few a few memories of this of the year. Um and hopefully there'll be more more exciting times to come. So thank you both for, for joining me. Um and thank you for listening. I think it's if you uh are enjoying what we're doing here, obviously subscribe um and you can you can listen to the show again if you so wish or um if you just caught the end you can you can pick it up on all the usual platforms. Have a nice Christmas and uh, thanks for joining us.